Hey, Millennial Buddies, and welcome back to another episode of The Millennial Crisis with me, your host, Demi. This week, we are going to talk about a disease that has plagued me for years, something that used to be known commonly in the entrepreneurial circles of people, but today is super common when it comes to the millennial generation. So for this bonus episode of the podcast, we are going to be talking all things shiny object syndrome. The millennial, the millennial me. This is The Millennial Crisis by Demi Kotsouris, Wi-Fi not included. All right, let's jump straight into things. Starting off with what shiny object syndrome is, because some of us may not have heard about it before. And so what I've done is I've taken the original definition of shiny object syndrome, and then I've also created my own that I think relates to us as millennials. So the original one is defined as an entrepreneurial disease or trait, and it is a tendency for someone to chase something new, be it a business idea, tool, or goal. So back in the day, back in the day, maybe like 20 years ago or something, this would have been super common in entrepreneurs because being an entrepreneur, I guess one of the traits of that is wanting to do multiple things. And that would like come from, I guess, this feeling of needing to achieve a gain or knowing that you can do whatever you want after doing a couple of business endeavors and then wanting to do something else or do something else and never being fully satisfied with what you're doing. And that's, I guess, from my perspective of what an entrepreneur is. These days, there are a lot of different definitions of what an entrepreneur is and a lot of people that use the term in different ways. But I guess from my perspective, an entrepreneur is someone who starts multiple endeavors, kind of succeeds in them and then moves on to the next one without necessarily celebrating the old one. So super high achievers are always looking for something more. Whereas these days, I think shiny object syndrome affects millennials quite a bit, even Gen Z as well, probably huge in Gen Z in particular. So some of us younger generations and what I define it as is the disease of distraction or as I like to pronounce it, ooh, what's that? Which is essentially something that is commonly found in young people who never seem to be fully satisfied, constantly on the lookout for the next shiny object. Once they find it, the old toy is left behind. So an example of that might be starting something because you had a bad day or you hate what you're currently doing. But once you start this new project and things get a little bit too hard or you reach your first hurdle or you realize you have no real passion for it, things get all too hard and you have nothing to drive you through that hurdle. So you kind of give it up and look for the next shiny thing to jump at. So, I mean, listening to that, I'm sure the majority of you can relate in one way or another. I know as soon as I 
started doing research on this a lot more, I was like, holy shit, this is me. And I think I knew it was me before. And we've spoken about this in other episodes of the podcast, but I guess the issue with shiny object syndrome is that it's seen to be a negative trait or it's something to be, I guess, embarrassed about because you can't follow something through. And it goes back to the idea that if you stay in a job or you stay in a career for your whole life, that is seen as valuable versus somebody who might jump ship or jump around in different ways. So in this episode, what I'm going to talk about is my experience with shiny object syndrome, the negative traits that may be associated with it, the positive ones that I think people forget about and I also don't think it's a bad thing. And then ways that we can combat it or learn from these shiny objects we've played with in the past. So to jump into it, I want to talk about my experience with shiny object syndrome. I think it's important to mention my experience because for me personally, when I hear what someone else has gone through, I relate and I feel less crazy in the feelings that I have. And one of the reasons I really love podcasts, I mean, shiny object syndrome is me through and through, not the entrepreneurial version where you succeed and you don't celebrate your wins and move on. That's for those overachievers. I know some of you are listening, (laughs) assholes. But mine is definitely from jumping to one thing to another without finishing it or jumping into it for the wrong reasons. In the past, I've probably tried to start like eight different side hustles or so. I've got probably around six Facebook and Instagram pages of business names and ideas that I had one day and I tried to jump into. I've also began to like curate them. So set up the pages fully, have them ready to go. Spent quite a few hours on sites like Alibaba or AliExpress, trying to look for the new product to drop ship, trying to see what I can do, what the market wants, if it's viable, how much time it will take me and really taking those things seriously. Not only taking them seriously, but envisioning the full business, the success, me on fucking panels after talking to people about how I created this thing, the whole shebang. And if you haven't done this, I mean, props to you because I think the majority of people I speak to and the millennial crisis audience, this would be super common in us. I have spent an embarrassing amount of money on trying to start these things from trying to upskill myself in different courses or, you know, purchasing products as samples, uh, websites, and it happens. Like, you know, you learn from shit. The problem is with spending all this money or trying these things is that they all don't make it past phase one. By phase one, I mean they don't make it to a launch. They make it to the creation phase where things are maybe nearly ready to go, but as soon as that first hurdle hits, it's on to the next shiny object. 
The reason I've put that this happens for me, and it kind of takes it back to a few episodes ago where I speak about what is your working purpose. And for me, I'm driven by like passion, a purpose or meaningful work and people, not necessarily figures or accolades. It's because I went into things with the wrong intention. I went into them because I thought they would make me a kind of passive income or I thought I saw somebody else doing it and I thought that looks fun, that looks like something I'd like to do and just began it because of that and not thought about the work that kind of goes into those things or I've done it for an escape you know, because I hated my job or because I really didn't like what I was doing at the time. I was looking for something to get me out and I tried to reach and grab for the closest or easiest thing I thought would get me out. When in reality, when you are starting something new, that's probably the least easiest escape. (laughs) So if you want, like if you're miserable in your nine to five, Starting a side hustle isn't going to be the easiest way for you to get out. What is going to be the easiest way is finding a new nine to five that is a little less terrible because starting a side hustle is so time consuming and tedious, especially if you're doing it not from passion, not if you're doing it just for money and it's something that you might not necessarily believe in. So now that you know a little bit about my kind of deal with shiny object syndrome, I'd love for you to email me or DM me your experiences with shiny object syndrome as well. What I want to move on to is why shiny object syndrome has become so common in millennials. When I say millennials, I do mean the younger generation as well. So Gen Z as well, this is for sure something that plagues you guys. It is super common in us youngsters. I'll break it up into three different places. So the first one is career and lifestyle FOMO. I think we've spoken a little bit about this in the podcast, but essentially what that is, is when you see something on socials, and think it looks fun and you might start wishing that you had kind of done that or chosen to go down that life path and then begin questioning all of your life decisions because of that. Let's give an example for this. You have followed someone for ages and then you listen to a podcast that tells their life story. This person might be like a travel blogger and in the story in it, it says, I decided not to go to university. It was really hard at the time. I had a lot of pressure, but I stuck through it and decided to scrape up the little amount of money I had and go and start traveling, documenting that stuff. And now here I am five years later with this big travel blog and I get paid to travel. You see that, you hear that, and you think, holy shit, why was I a fucking idiot that went to university, did what my parents told me to do, didn't take risk, and now it's too late for me to take a risk. So from that, you might think to start a travel blog on the side or wish you were living life differently than what you are right now. 
Another example might be watching all of these crime shows and thinking, oh my God, I want to be a forensic scientist. I want to get into criminology. Changing majors at university and going to get a criminology degree or after you've graduated from school and you're now in the workforce, jumping online and looking at different courses you can do in criminology because you think, shit, I missed my calling. Can I go back to school? So there's some kind of samples of what career and lifestyle FOMO are. And these things are super common. It it happens all the time with us. And it is a small part of shiny object syndrome, but it is a huge puzzle piece as to why people make those decisions to jump ship. The next piece to the puzzle of shiny object syndrome is something I call social media timelines. Now, these are the assumption that the things we see online happen in real time. The little understanding we have at what goes on behind the scenes. We see maybe 3% online of what actually goes into things. Uh, We see the outcomes. We don't see the effort that's put in. So you may have seen like that image online of the iceberg, kind of the tip of the iceberg coming out of the water. And then you see underneath the water, all of the images of all the work and effort that came into things. Because of this, we build this assumption in our minds that things are easy. And that kind of causes another problem because we end up not respecting people's jobs or the things people do. For example, influencers are probably the biggest victims of this. We look at influencers and we think, oh, all they have to do is take a photo and post it on Instagram and they make all this money, you know. They're such assholes, you know. They've got the easiest job in the world. And what we forget is these people put themselves out there. They they put their whole lives sometimes on display for people. They deal with criticism. Does their own photographers at times. They are freelancers. They are invoicing. They are reaching out to brands to collaborate with them. They are looking for new ways that they can monetize their Instagram feeds or their YouTube channels. Because we are only seeing 3% or this highlight or this ending image, We get in this mindset of, A, if this dickhead in a bikini can do it, why can't I? Or B, why the fuck is it taking me two hours to do this when it should be taking me 10 minutes? So the two parts that I think make up shiny object syndrome for millennials is the career and lifestyle FOMO and then the social media timelines. The combination of these two things forces us to A, want to jump on to a new project and B, make us jump ship again and go on to something else. Because of the things I've just discussed, we are teased with attainable shiny objects every day. Essentially, our social media feeds is an insight into our own potential It's not like we're seeing doctors or lawyers on our feeds and thinking, oh, I want to go do six years of medical school or 10 years of law school so I can become a barrister. 
Those things we know take effort and time because the jobs have been around for so long. It's the jobs and projects that are coming out now that we might not know enough about or we might not respect as much because we assume that they are easy. They're the things that grab our attention and they're the things that make us jump ship. You're constantly being flooded with messages and conversations that you can start a side hustle with zero to a few hundred bucks. And all of this is true. And that's why it is so easy for us to get caught up in shiny object syndrome. It's so easy for us to get caught up in starting something because it is so attainable. You don't need hundreds and thousands of dollars to start something. You don't need to be stuck, chained to a desk anymore. There are so many different things that you can do. Because the barrier to entry is so low for a lot of these shiny objects, we are easily swayed into giving them a go. Yes, job applications count. The amount of times I used to sit at my desk at my nine to five start scrolling on LinkedIn to apply to different jobs and just click the quick apply button and hope that some new job was going to save me. So it doesn't have to just be a project. Just FYI for the people who feel like they can't relate. Now that we've kind of spoken about what makes up shiny object syndrome... and why we in particular are so affected by it... I want to talk about how people consider shiny object syndrome to be a negative trait. Although online people might be feeding you things to say how you can avoid shiny object syndrome or why it's a bad thing, I perceive it as being negative only when you are working on the right thing, okay, and shit begins to get hard and then you jump onto another thing but eventually keep going back to this same project because you know or you feel that it is special. And that is when I genuinely think it's a bad thing. The only other way I think that it is negative is for those high achievers and perfectionists out there 
who achieve something just to achieve, just to tick something off the box and their shiny object, they may follow it fully through. But what happens is as soon as they get to that end point, as soon as they make X amount of dollars, as soon as they get X title, they don't actually take the time to celebrate their win and they just move on to the next big shiny object they want to conquer. And it's so important to celebrate your wins because then you're constantly chasing nothing. You're constantly looking for the next thing that's going to make you happy. And the third way I perceive it as being negative is when it causes negative self-talk and it makes you feel ashamed. It also makes you not want to share what you're doing with others because you know yourself that you're likely to stop it eventually and you're sick of being that person that is like, oh, this is what I'm working on. And someone's saying, oh, weren't you working on X last time? And you think, oh, fuck, yeah, I was. I forgot that I haven't seen you in a year and I've actually done two other things in between that first one that you mentioned. Shiny object syndrome can be a huge cause of this and is probably one of the reasons that the first thing happens where you might jump to something else, even if you are working on the right project. It can make you feel as though you can't stick to something or you aren't good enough to complete a project. And it can really play with your mind and then your mental health and your confidence in yourself to be able to achieve things. So they're the only ways that I perceive it as being a negative thing. When you're working on the right projects and it distracts you, when you're not taking time to celebrate the win and just move straight on to the next shiny object, and when it causes you to talk negatively about yourself or think less of yourself because you have jump ship. I do think there are so many positives to it. I think it is something that everyone does need to experience at one point or another because it can get you closer to figuring out your likes, dislikes, ideal career and lifestyle if you are taking the time to review each project, each quote-unquote failed project. It can also be a time saver. I know this seems strange to say, but there are some people out there whose parents force them to stick it out with those guitar lessons until they finish school, despite them hating it, despite the fact that they weren't good at it, And now they feel like they need to stick out every single project they start, even if that means they're beating a dead horse. Sometimes quitting something that isn't serving you, isn't playing to your strengths or just isn't something you are good at, and even if you realize that a year into the project, You need to know that it's okay to cut your losses and move on before you waste the next five years and another $20,000 on that particular project. It's important to know that 
these good things, these good outcomes of shiny object syndrome, these good traits of shiny object syndrome are only useful and are only strengths if you decide when you end it to review and evaluate it. Or in some of those asshole high achievers <laughs> to celebrate your project or your win. Now, some of the ways you can do this are asking yourself these particular questions. One, why am I moving on so quickly? Two, why didn't this work for me? Three, why did I get bored? Four, would there have been something I could have done that would have helped me stick with this? Five, what would I need to continue this project? And finally, six, why isn't this for me? Now, for you high-achieving wankers out there, the questions that you should be asking yourself is, am I taking the time to celebrate the good in this project? Two, why did this work for me? And three, why am I rushing to move on so quickly? If you ask yourself these questions when you do finish a project, or even if you're looking back at an old shiny object project that you did and you feel as though is a mistake or a waste of time in the past, go back and ask yourself these questions from now. I'm going to talk more in detail about that later because that's actually going to be this week's challenge. It is going to be so useful for you, especially when deciding on what your next distraction may end up being because there will be more. I'm sorry to say it. But probably the biggest tip for my fellow diseased SOSs is before starting a new project, make sure you ask yourself why. Why do you want to do this? Does this progress you? Does this progress you to where you want to go? And if it's for fun, is it actually going to be for fun or is there some kind of hidden agenda behind it? I'd also recommend kind of looking at this from a place of your working purpose. If you haven't taken that quiz or listened to that podcast episode, I think it's important to evaluate what your working why is and then seeing if those projects you're doing outside of work or even in work are feeding that purpose or that why. As I've said from the start, shiny object syndrome isn't a bad thing. I would actually argue it's a great thing. And a rite of passage living in such a digital world. To get the best out of this disease before it gets the better of you, before starting or finishing a project, take five minutes to review it, to ask yourself those questions. I don't care if you do it at lightning speed just to get through it. And look, you probably won't get it right the first time. You'll probably forget it four out of five times you start a new project. But the one time you do do it, it's going to get you one step closer 
to where you want to be. For this week's challenge, what I want you to do is review one of your old projects that you haven't done with the questions that I mentioned. Or if you are about to jump ship and start something new, just take the time to ask yourself the why questions. It's a nice little challenge to do and it'll probably teach you a lot more than you probably expected. In saying that, that is all for this week's episode. If you do do this challenge and I hope that you do, please let me know how you go. Either email me or get in touch on Instagram DM. That's probably the best place. Um, just Demi Kotsouris. If you need a reminder of what those questions were, I will have a blog in the show notes that will talk a little bit more about shiny object syndrome and have those questions there ready for you. But besides that, if you enjoyed this episode, it helps so much if you can share it with a friend and or share it to your socials and give it a rate or a review on whatever podcast app you are listening to this on. It just allows me to get better, more awesome guests and keeps me going, if I'm honest. That is all. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate having your ears and I hope to speak to you soon. See you next week with another awesome interview with a really kick-ass gal. Bye-bye.